Monday morning to you. Let's call it Monday. Get things started and have some fun, huh? Okay. I'm getting myself organized here while I'm doing this. Can you believe it? Should have had that done by now. But, you know, what's the rush? Anyways, welcome to the show. The show is called Let's Talk. My name is Mike. And the email address, if you want to correspond, is letstalkmike1 at gmail.com. Let's talk M-I-K-E, the number one, at gmail.com. The name of the podcast today is We Are The People, the episode for today. The uh, opening there, real quick, was from the um, theatrical production called The Civil War. It was a really (laughs) dramatic, again, theatrical concert, really, Uh, And it was originally on Broadway, and it was nominated for multiple Tony Awards, including Best Musical. And it has an unforgettable score filled with gospel, country, rock, and folk. And what it is, is it's a, uh, it was, again, on the stage, it was a presentation of different people experiencing the war from their point of view, from what they saw, what they experienced, what they went through from the civilian right to the soldier, and then to Abraham Lincoln and um, uh, Frederick Douglass and so forth and so on. It's really a moving and dramatic experience. I first saw it when I went to Gettysburg for the first time, and it just blew me away, so I bought it. Anyway, that's what it is. Let's get started with our prayer, and then we'll get started with the show, We Are the People. Dear Heavenly Father, I spoke of civil war, and I speak again, Lord, because there seems to be anger and and madness, Lord, in this country. People are divided once again over their politics and their, their personal feelings towards things, Lord, and the talk of civil war, I pray it be not, Father God, I pray it be not, I pray that as it says, the better angels of our nature will prevail. And I know, Lord, that people call on you and say you're on their side. But you're above those kinds of things, Lord. You are righteous. You are holy. You are God. And so I pray in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, our Savior and our Lord, please, Father, guide us and lead us and show us the better way. Show us the right way, Lord, which is through you. And I pray, Father, also at this time for our brothers and sisters in Christ who face face persecution, and some of them face war, and some of them face death. And I pray that their courage and their faith remain strong. And I know that you are with them, and please, Lord, please, O oh Lord, let them not falter. And I pray, Father God, again, for the, the victims of the latest hurricane that came through, Lord, and Help them to cope and to understand and to, and to be ready. And I pray, Father God, also that, again, you accept our prayers, you accept our thanks as we humble ourselves before you. And I thank you, thank you, thank you. In Jesus Christ's name, amen. Amen and amen. Glad to hear it. Another thing, too, I'd ask a personal thing. Uh, could have said it in my prayer, but... Um, my wife is ill. She's in the hospital. They don't know what's wrong in <laughs> modern medicine. Uh, she's been there for a couple days now, and I'm not sure she's going to come home today. But please, 
be in her prayer, be, let her be in your prayers, that she get well and be able to come home. So our first uh, scripture for today is going to be Psalms chapter 5, verse 11. And it says this, But let all those that put their trust in thee rejoice. Let them ever shout for joy, because thou defendest them. Let them also that love thy name be joyful in thee. It's a great thing there, right? Two things, rejoice and be joyful, because we know that the Lord is with us, and we, we, we have no doubt in those things. That's just a great sum. So the first part I'm calling take responsibility. This is nuts, right? The thing with the gas prices, and then you got the press secretary, <laughs> habada, 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 another one that does, you know, the, 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 the verbal or the vocal salad, toss salad of words, and she never really answers the question. So Peter Ducey, the White House correspondent for Fox News, outright asked her, I love this guy. He don't, <laughs> he don't give her a break. He puts her on the spot and keeps her there. Good for him. So he said to her, you said the president was responsible for gas prices coming down. And he noted, asking, is the president responsible for gas prices going up? So she says it's a lot more nuanced than that. Really? So again, global challenges, Putin, the pandemic. There didn't seem to be any troubles with that in the previous administration. But I'll get back to that in a minute. So we got another win, one win in the column. The federal judge declares LGBTQ bathroom mandate is unlawful. Oorah. So um, in October 1st decision, U.S. District Court judge for the Northern District of Texas, and he's also a Trump nominee, agreed ruling that the protections, protections went too far writing in his opinion that while Title VII of the Civil Rights Act of 1964 protects LGBTQ individuals from discriminatory hiring practices that does not cover necessarily all correlated conduct, including choosing which bathroom and pronouns to use. Ah, a little drink of water. Sorry about that. <laughs> so, you know, the bathroom thing and the pronouns, I got to call you what you identify as. Oh, nay, nay. There's a win for us. So back to the gas story here. So Saudi Arabian official um, was on Fox News. I saw the interview. <clears throat> Excuse me. And he blames Biden for high gas prices. Wow. Isn't that something? laid the blame right at Biden's doorstep. So the Saudi Arabian minister of state spoke to Fox News, as I said, and said it was the lack of domestic production in the United States that's led to high gas prices. He says, the idea that Saudi Arabia would do this to harm the U.S. or to be in any way politically involved is not correct at all. Because he was talking about they're responsible because they're cutting back production and they're responsible for our woes and, you know, and gas prices being as high as, as they are. The actual problem is, is because we went from a renaissance under former President Trump to a dark age. 
Absolutely, no question about it. And it's Biden's fault because he's hostile to traditional energy sources. So he cut them all off. He did it immediately after he was inaugurated as president. So where's the blame? It's at Trump, or not Trump, it's at Biden's door. We had the greatest energy renaissance in our history. We had more net oil and um, than ever before in our country's history. And we, we had more than anybody and everybody else. So tell me, where's the problem? Let's move on. Living in the time of the paradigm shift, this is a system breakdown. Keep in mind that on March 21st, 2022, Joe Biden said, now is the time when things are shifting. There's going to be a new world order out there. We've got to lead it. And we've got to unite the rest of the world while doing it. So there's the the outright, you know, telling you, okay, this is our agenda and this is what we're out to do. So instead of wondering why they're passing certain bills and going in a certain direction, Biden's telling you exactly what they're doing and why. We are on the verge, if not already into, a, a very much so, the new world order. And our current system is breaking down. The gas prices are up. Inflation's the worst in 40 years. I think interest rates are, you know, going higher and higher. I don't think it. I know it. Sorry about that. Going higher and higher every day. And the bad thing is customer confidence is collapsing. And nobody seems to understand why. I'll tell you why. Starts at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. Once you get that in, well, in the equation there, then you don't have any more questions. You know exactly why. So what, what's going to happen? Well, let's look at another scripture real quick and consider where we're heading. The scripture is from Zechariah chapter 10, verse 8, and it says this, I will hiss for them as the beekeeper does for his bees and gather them home, for I have redeemed them. So God is plainly foretelling here that he will call for his people to return to Israel at the end of the age, much as a beekeeper will hiss for his hive to return home. Listen to the next part that I'm telling you. Please remember this and pay attention. God's using global persecution as a means by which he is driving Jews back to Israel. Okay? Now, the point I'm making on that line of what I just said is this. God's going to use global persecution against somebody else. Let's see where that goes. So we talk about it. Before we've talked about it and want to talk about it at least one more time, the U.S. and the Holocaust. But here's the thing. There's a new anxiety. An investigation of American action and inaction with regard to the Third Reich it also draws an analogy between the United States and Germany. You know, we like to think we're exceptional, that we're better and, di you know, different and better. But what if we're more like our opponents than we are against them? Well, you know, the thing is, as a result of the deadly persecution against the Jews, it was something that Hitler was able to seize, to use to seize absolute control of Germany. 
Using the chaos which his own plans had created, Hitler became Germany's all-powerful military ruler. And then, of course, we know through history, the Holocaust had begun. Let me warn you. Here, here we're getting going here. Let me warn you. Listen now. <coughs> Pay attention, as we say to the grandkids. Pay attention. A new neo-Nazi-type new world order is breaking out with full force. Now, the question could be, you know, does the leadership of this type of thing really have a strong identifiable enemy against whom they can, you know, motivate the American people to galvanize them to go against this new enemy? They sure do. And they plan to use this group in the same way which Hitler used the Jew to seize absolute dictatorial power. And who is this group, you might ask? Well, I'll tell you, the fundamentalist born-again Christian. And listen now, I want to make a point here. When, when you talk about the fundamental born-again Christian, I, I would almost guarantee you, you're talking about a, a, a conservative. You're talking about probably a Republican, okay? Now, since Joe Biden and his administration and all his cronies and all the way down the line is already or has already termed or defined those of us who are Republicans and or Make America Great Again movement supporters, terrorists, we're domestic terrorists. We are, in his words, the most outrageous and most dangerous element ever. And so there's the fundamentalist born-again Christian. It, it, it goes hand in hand. Now, the thing is, I want you to understand something. Why do I say this about it's born-again Christians? I say it because of this. The New World Order enthusiastically welcomes all members of all other religions into their ranks. And really, you know what? Except for one fundamentalist born-again Christians. They don't want anything to do with them. The main thing is, is because of our faith, love, and hope in Jesus Christ. The name Jesus Christ bothers them, okay? Because it's the name above all names, all right? Now, when Jesus was here on earth, the demons knew who he was, and they were very bothered by that, all right? It's the name, it's the, it's, and, and then, of course, it's the person, so when you talk about as a fundamentalist born-again Christian, Jesus Christ, that's some powerful stuff right there, all right? I'm not talking about these hinge Christians or these wannabe or make-believe Christians. Well, I believe in God, and I know who Jesus is. Do you? Because if you really did, you wouldn't live the lifestyle you do, and you wouldn't support the things you do. Because I got to tell you, it's absolute evil sin. <coughs> And that's how you know. So all these politicians you see in here talking about they're Christians and they believe in God and even your neighbors, your friends, and sometimes even your family. Do they really know who the Lord God is? Do they really know who Jesus Christ is and what he stands for and represents what the two of them do? Do they know about the indwelling of the Holy Spirit? I mean, all these things. I guarantee you not. But here's the thing. 
something or someone is getting the anger of the people aroused against this particular group. And it starts at the top, of course, you know, things that Biden says and others. But most importantly, the American government and media are cooperating to systematically condition the average American citizen on the street against these people, born-again Christians. The plan result's going to be the same as it was for the Jews, an outbreak of intense persecution that will simultaneously eradicate the Christian and pretty much deliver the, the kingdom to the Antichrist. Now, how far apart are we, as I speak here, about the Nazi and the treatment of the Jews, and how far apart are we from them as Americans? Well, you know, if you really understood it and you really and you looked at it closely, Satan ruled the leadership of every major leader in World War II. You had Adolf Hitler, member of the Brotherhood of Death Society called the Thule Society. The offshoot of the Thule Society, uh, by the way, is the Skull and Bone Society, to which, uh, just for an example, the uh, Bush family presidents and John Kerry politicians, they belong to it. Roosevelt was a noted medium listener. You know, he loved seance, things like that. And he was a 32nd degree Mason. His vice president, oh, his last name skips me. I'm sorry. He was a 33rd degree Mason. In fact, he designed the back of the dollar bill. Winston Churchill, a Freemason and a Rosicrucian. Joseph Stalin, worshiper of Baphomet. Oh, I didn't hear anything about the Lord God in there whatsoever. If they're really Christians, they wouldn't have anything to do with these other identities of these other organizations. All right? Every single one of these belief systems, by the way, hated the Jew pretty much equally across the board. And our leaders, they knew Hitler was systematically murdering Jews and did nothing about it. I'm telling you right now, I looked into that when I first ever heard that that we knew about it and when, and I was floored. I mean, to tell you, I wish they were still alive. I would have been writing letters and making phone calls because they did know what was going on. They knew absolutely where and when, and they did nothing. So the thing is, if the American people really knew about the depth of the black magic that's being practiced in Washington and, and, and throughout the country and the world, what would the reaction be? I hope it wouldn't be the same thing as it is now about what's going on, just sitting back, keep on watching TV and listening to your boom boom on the radio and whatever, I don't know, whatever. I hope that there would be an awakening. Hard to tell. Let's look at another scripture. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13. There hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. So in other words, there's nothing you're going through that somebody and so many others have already gone through it and are, maybe are going through it. But here's the answer. Here's the key. God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that ye are able, but will, with the temptation, also make a way to escape that ye may be able to bear it. So here's the key. God is faithful. We're the ones that are unfaithful. We're the ones that sin, all right? And it says, he will not suffer us to be tempted above what we're able to handle. 
So he's got more faith in us a lot of times than we do in our own selves, obviously, right? I know there's plenty of times I'm going, Lord, I'm not good for this. You you know, uh -uh. (laughs) uh-uh, uh-uh. But you see, in these temptations, he gives us a way to escape, and then we are going to be able to bear it. And in that, we also learn and come to understanding and gain a new wisdom. And guess what? Now we're stronger. Now we're ready for the next time. Now we know how to handle it. And we can help others in the same situation. Amen to that. So name of the show is We Are the People. This last section is called We Are Called and Chosen. Here it is. There has never been a time in the history of the world that there's been a nation like ours. Without question, the Constitution is the document, the greatest political document ever drafted in all human history. Now, there's those that have risked their lives since them and some of their families that have ensured the continuance of what that document represents and stands for. And in that document, we find, of all things, should it, you know, <laughs> I'm stepping out on the limb, but I'm saying there's a guarantee that, the, that they're saying that these families and these people and those of us that believe and support and defend this document, the, we all agree the ultimate authority under God is not the president nor the Congress, but we the people. It's an unfortunate observation as a, I guess, a preacher, whatever you want to call me, a pastor, whatever teacher. I've made, an, you know, an unfortunate observation in talking to priests and teachers and pastors and so forth and members of the churches. They fail to take the unique blessing to heart. They've sold out their blessings and exchanged it for selective science, silence. As I've said before, they remain silent as the modern scourge invades their pews and their very own catechisms, and really they've handed over the keys of their own freedom to preach the gospel to the enemy of their souls. They don't have any authority. They have no right, really, to be honest with you, but they continue, because for a lot of them, unfortunately for the common believer that doesn't understand these things, they make it a lot of money. You know, I talked about Dietrich Bonhoeffer before, who lived during, before and during the, the Second World War, and he was a martyr for, you know, being a part of the coup to uh, assassinate Hitler. One of, there were several dozen. But he can draw the comparison of this selective silence on the part of many American preachers to the German church in the 1920s and 30s like no one else. Now, before I continue, let me make one thing perfectly clear. That sounds like Nixon, doesn't it? Let me make one thing perfectly clear. I didn't do it. Anyway, so here's what I want to make clear. I am not bashing any one religion or any one church in particular. And even if I was, as it says, if the shoe fits, wear it. Because the second thing is this. Me and this show are not meant to make you happy. Okay, these aren't, you know, tickle your ears and make you giddy and ooh-ha, you know, blah, blah, blah. Because I'm here to tell you the truth. And anybody that knows me that, you know, we've talked like this show represents 
will tell you that very thing. Now, see the idea of the church, I'll get on here. The idea of the church being fallen or led astray is nothing new. It's been happening since the garden when the adversary first tried against Adam and Eve, and he continues with his deceptions and his lies. Nothing changes for him. You can look at Israel's history. It's filled with times again, times again and again, <coughs> such as ours. I want to make another point also. A churchgoer does not a Christian make no more than does confessing God. Let's say that one more time. A churchgoer does not a Christian make no more than does confessing in God. I'll explain that here in just a second. James chapter 2, verse 19. Thou believest that there is one God. Thou believest well. Jesus, um, or James, was very adamant about this. So I, I'm sorry, let me get back. Thou believest that there is one God. Thou dost do well. The devils also believe and tremble. Matthew 15, 8. The people draweth nigh unto me with their mouth, and honoreth me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. Two things you take away here. You can confess that you know God. You can confess you know Jesus Christ. But do you? Because just saying it is no different than the devils who believe, and they tremble. See, they know. All right? They have that one up on us. They're on that other side. They know who the Lord God is. They've seen him. All right? Now, the other thing is, do we really worship God? Do we really praise the Lord? Do we, is, is our heart for God like King David? You know, his heart, his whole being was for God. Is our heart like that? Or are we just like so many others? Bunch of lip service. So here's, here we go. You know, we continue following wickedness into idolatry and harlotry and these are all conditions of unbelief, which God has started to judge us with. And, you know, he's, we already find ourselves in a condition of needing and wanting. You know, these quote-unquote um, food supply chains or the supply chain is breaking down. And we see pestilence and disease. Not that there hasn't been before, but not like this. And this is not going to end. It will not end unless we honor the Lord and obey his commands. Then will we reap the benefits of living honorably, morally, and honestly. Once again, as I've said so many times before, a nation that honors God's laws reaps that benefit as well. <clears throat> now, history shows us that those that do not are often destroyed from where? From within. What do we have going on in this country right now? You see, God gave us his laws for our own good. He created us to fellowship with him and walk in righteousness. And when we do that, we're living within the healthy boundaries he established, and we are protected from such of the heartache or much of the heartache and catastrophe that Satan devises. You know, it's most important. It says in Romans uh, chapter 1, that you listen, listen to these verses and come to an, an, a, a better and a greater understanding um, of what it is that we are up against and what it is that God is trying to tell us. 
starting in chapter 26 of, uh, not 20, verse 26 of chapter 8. For this cause God gave them up to vile affections. For even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature. And likewise also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their lust one toward another, men with men, working that which is unseemly, and receiving in themselves that recompense of their error, which was meet or uh, 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 approved. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to reprobate mind to do those things. This scripture shows us plainly the progression of people and nations that have defiled God and redefined morality. This homosexuality thing, the LGBTQ movement, the woke movement, the CRT, all these things, these are all idolatry. All part of God's judgment is coming down on us now because of it. Because a nation, our nation, has turned away from him. But I got some good news. You want some good news? God knows those who are his and promises to reward them even when all others have turned away. Always remember something. Scripture contains the most comforting passages in in, in all history ever written, both Old and New Testament. It reminds us that God is watching. He knows all, and he will judge righteously. So when you see these things going on in these people, you know, they're getting away with it. Uh, yeah, but their eternity is being marked. So you just stay on the right path because he, again, will judge righteously. So even when a nation turns away from God, always remember this. God knows who these individuals are within that nation that follow him. And know, always remember that their names, your names, are written in God's book of remembrance. So he shall never forget you. That's all for today, folks. Name of the show in particular, We Are the People, the name of the whole show, the whole ball of wax, if you want, is Let's Talk. My name is Mike, and the email address, if you wish to, is Let's Talk Mike One at gmail.com. Let's Talk M I K E, the number one at gmail.com. Thank you, everybody, for listening. God bless, and we'll talk to you again. So long.